So we've talked about what is the one word that Jesus would use to define any individual, the whole human race. What would be the word? We talked about that a little bit. We're going to talk about some more today, but in a much deeper scale. So stay with us. Well, welcome again to All Things Apostolic. This is going to be um, uh, a great day, and I think it's going to be an interesting uh, discussion that we have here about you and your identity. We've talked about this a little while, but this is a really big subject, and this is a really core subject, uh, especially in our world today, because I would propose that uh, many of the problems we have in society, even crime, are problems that derive out of the separation, the disassociation of man from himself. Uh, there is a separation of my ideal self from my existing self. And I can see my ideal self, and I can see my existing self, and what I see up here is greatly desirable, but sometimes seems impossible to reach. What I see down here, I detest because it is, uh, it is failure and eventually is just squalor, living in squalor. So we saw, uh, we saw yesterday that um, when Jesus talked about man, if we, if we ask the question, what's the one word definition that Jesus would have for man, I think it's an easy answer. And the answer is, is that man is lost. We, we, we quoted Luke uh, 19 and 10, for the son of man has come to seek and save that which is lost. And um, the, the, the fact that all of the, um, all of the things that Jesus called himself, many of them point to the fact that man is lost. For example, he said, I am the way, which indicates people don't have a path. They don't know where to go. He said, I am the door, which indicates people need entrance into a realignment with self, and but they can't find it. So he's saying, I am the portal. I am the, I am the point of access that you can find an answer. This is, this is why the gospel is called, gospel means good news. This is why the coming of Jesus Christ is good news, because for thousands of years after the fall of Adam, there is this disassociation within ourselves, this dichotomy, this uh, bifurcation of, of, of ourselves from within. Uh, even the Bible talks about this, that the, 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 the spirit warreth with the flesh, so my spirit, my invisible, intangible part wars with, uh, with the, the flesh, not just the, the carne, not just the, this, but the flesh is a part of our uh, uh, mentality. It's a part of our mental self, our emotional self. That, um, that is the antithesis to God. And so this separation within us has created a condition of being lost. To be lost is to be away from your father, your parents. To be lost is to be uh, disassociated and not know where to go. 
to be lost is eventually to face the ultimate destructions because no food, uh, exposure to dangers, and all of the above. So when we talk about when we talk about man and we talk about lostness as Jesus defined it. Now, we need to say first and foremost that Jesus is not just talking about lost as in going to hell. That would be kind of an ultimacy. Yeah, you, you walking down the wrong path until finally the wrong path ends up in, in eternal destruction. Uh, we don't want to do that either. But when he talked about being lost, he's talking about man being lost like a child is lost in the forest and can't find it, his way or her way. He is talking about um, someone who is trying to find a particular address where there are solutions, prescriptions for them, a spiritual drugstore that doesn't only give temporary relief, but gives permanent hope. And um, uh, But he, he doesn't know where it's at. He, he, he can't find it. And within himself, he's trying to find himself, but he, he sees it, but he can't ever get there. And so even the uh, stories that Jesus told indicated and reaffirmed that his primary definition of man was that man was lost. For example, um, the whole chapter of Luke 15. Luke 15 is really about three lost things. It's about three lost things. One of those lost things, the first one is the story of a lost sheep. The next one is the story of a lost coin. And the last one is the story of a lost boy and maybe of two lost boys. But it's a story of lost things. And so Jesus talks about a shepherd that had a sheep in, uh, in the first part of Luke 15. And the sheep, uh, he, he had a flock of sheep and one of the sheep got lost and he had to go find it. So how does a sheep get lost? Well, a sheep gets lost by being pulled away of its appetites. So a sheep doesn't just consciously think, I'm going to run and hide. A sheep, if it is lost, is because it saw something it wanted and the appetite that it had normally something to eat. It may have been a, a, a place that looked comfortable to lie or whatever, but usually it's, it's around food. And so the appetite for that food leads him into a certain place where he comes close to a cliff or whatever and falls partway over the edge. And uh, the shepherd is looking for him everywhere and he can't find him. There's a lot of things about this. The shepherd is looking for you the shepherd cares about you. Uh, for the shepherd, he will leave the 90 and nine and go look for you. This is showing to you the love of God, regardless of how you feel about yourself, that God is searching for you today. And yes, we would not consider it to be an exaggeration to say that while I'm talking to you, God is talking to you to show you that there is hope in your life. And so, uh, and so he finds the sheep. There are people that are lost because of their appetites. You got addicted because you had an appetite for something, or you became addicted to alcohol or to nicotine or to uh, 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 lust and immorality or 
who knows how many different kinds of addictions there are that people get caught in. Well, the answer to that is to is for the Savior to find you and bring you back where your appetites can be met in a constructive and positive and life-giving way instead of in a destructive uh, and, and uh, dis- destroying your life by what you ingest or what your appetites lead you to. So this, this whole story is about certain kinds of people that they are lost through um, disregard of the results of fulfilling their appetites. But however, when the Savior finds out the one sheep is gone, he leaves the 90 and 9, which shows you the value of one human life. I don't think we know the value of one human life. Not, not from the way that God sees it and the way that God created it. The greatest thing you have is life. That's a, above everything else by a million miles, so to speak. That the value of life. Don't let the devil convince you that life is cheap and that it's something that can be disregarded and that you don't have to worry about it and there's no afterlife and there's no good life and there's no abundant life. All that's lies. All of that's not true. There's more abundant life. There's answers for the problems that you may incur or that your friends may incur. Maybe you need to let them listen to this podcast. That, that there is life for them. There's hope for them. They, the hopelessness they feel is a delusion because they've sunk so deep into their depression. But, but the truth is their life still has intrinsic value that's as much as my life or your life or anybody else's life. So this is all this is all in the story of the sheep. He would leave the 90 and 9 and go to find the one. When he finds him, that's, that's more of the story. There is a rejoicing. There's a party that is held, a, a reunion party, a celebration. He's not beating the sheep up with a club for being lost. That's not how God operates. There is a celebration. And in fact, in those verses, it says that the angels in heaven rejoice over one sinner that repents or one person who's caught in the dichotomy of being of, of personal separation because of sin. When they are brought back, when they are found and when they find themselves, the angels in heaven rejoice over one. So it shows you that there's an intrinsic value to life that should not be, it should, we should not allow people to uh, to throw that under the bus, they need to they need to understand the value of life and protect it and take care of it. And so do you, and so do I. So the second story in Luke 15 is uh, the story of a lost coin in the house. Now a coin is not lost like a sheep is lost. A coin has no appetites. A coin, there are people that they're not lost because of addictions. They don't have addictions. A coin is, is round, so it rolls. It is heavy, so it falls. Um, it, but in all that, it has great value. So some human beings are in a lost condition because they are just at the whim of whatever comes by. They are just open to anything. 
and the gravity causes the coin to fall. So the pull of the world, they're just open to the pull of the world. That's what gravity is. And they, they're just open to all of that. So a person needs somebody to tell them, no, no, don't be open to everything. There are some things that are destructive. There are some things that are bad that you don't want anything to do with them. And, um, and you can be lost. You can roll under the bed or under the carpet or wherever the coin rolled to. You can be lost. And that is not a good thing. Now, one good thing is the coin was, this is good and bad, but the coin was lost in the house. And being lost in the house, the woman swept the house. So there are people, the implication is there are people here that are in the church that come regularly, that are there, but that are lost. And um, so that could mean lost in the ultimate sense, or that could be lost in the sense that you're sitting there on that pew and you still have this dichotomy inside of you that's never been resolved, and you've uh, finally uh, acquiesced to fear, and so you won't even try because you're, you fear failure, you fear that people see you not, not be able to improve the situation, and so you don't even try. That's the coin. It just yields to whatever things are pulling it. If somebody makes a suggestion or has an opinion, then you just embrace it and you just go that way. That is, not, that is not a healthy way to live. That is the way to end up being lost. And, uh, and, and such a coin never experiences the travel and the journey through life to great places and to small places and to, uh, and to being used in a way that it was intended to be used. So, so much of life has to do with finding purpose. The lost person doesn't have purpose. They're just at the whim of whatever the winds, whatever way the winds pull them. You've got to get a little grit in life. You've got to learn to, to grit your teeth a little bit and say no. If you can't say no, sometimes you've got to say no. I'm not doing that. I'm not going there. I'm resisting the force of the world. I'm not going to let it control me. And you've got to, you've got to say, no, I'm going to hang on to that which I know will help me. You've got to get a grip on that. Um, but when the coin was found, there was another party, a great party. And they rejoiced. And the, the woman of the house said, go get all the neighbors, <coughs> excuse me, and said, neighbors, come and be a part of this. We're going to have a big party here because the coin that was lost, I have found it. And then the Bible tells us again that when one sinner repents, the angels in heaven rejoice. The value, the preciousness of your life is worth you investing in everything you can to help it to reach its optimum. That's, that's, that's the worth of your life. And then the third story found in Luke 15 about things lost is a boy that was lost. And the boy was lost. Uh, he went to his father. He asked for he asked for his uh, his inheritance, and uh, his father gave it to him. And he left, and proceeded to spend it all in what the Bible identifies in the King James Version as riotous living. 
So here is a willful lostness. He pursued lostness and ended up in lostness as a result of that. This is this is um, this is a dangerous position to be in. And <clears throat> when lust or when appetites uh, or when the pull of the world pulls a person into environments that are counterproductive to their well-being, whether it's gangs or whether it's people that are immoral or whether it's situations that are dishonest, uh, all of the above and many other things, well, uh, all of those things are, they're certainly not something you want to walk into with with the volition that this is where I want to go. They are going to be destructive to you, just like the story tells. And the destruction that comes as a result of this is something that is, we will talk about this, but it's something that's very, very devastating, not only to the person who is in the destruction, but to everybody around them. It's, dis it's destructive. And so God's calling us today. God's calling you today to your best self, to your united self in God, made in the image of God.